What's going on guys? Sam Adams here and welcome to another episode of Cavanade. Today for October the 8th of 2018. My name is Samuel Adams and welcome to today's show. I hope you are all doing very well. And for those that might be brand new to the show, this is a daily gaming news show where I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry to let you guys know what is going on in the industry that we all love. And today we have a pretty packed episode of Cavanade. Of course, some days are more packed than others, but this one does have some pretty notable stories if I do say so myself. So give Giving you guys a quick rundown of what to expect from today's show, Microsoft has a new Xbox game cloud streaming tech project that was announced at E3, but we have some more details on that today, which is Project X Cloud. Telltale's The Walking Dead is going to be finished, and that was a story that broke over the weekend, so we will cover that. Gorilla has recruited some Rainbow Six Siege developers, and we will kind of hypothesize about that, if you will. Fortnite developer Epic Games has purchased an anti-cheat firm, and that is a pretty awesome purchase, a great acquisition considering the popularity of Fortnite and also the danger uh, that can present itself because of the game. On top of that, speaking of Epic, we do have a Support a Creator Fortnite initiative that we will discuss. For those that might be flourishing content creators out there for yourselves, Sony has some backwards compatibility that could be coming for the PlayStation 5, but we'll see what happens. Spider-Man has one of the most platinumable, I guess is the best way to put it, games uh, on the PlayStation 4, and Guacamelee 2 is coming to the Switch this December, but you can get the first game right now via the eShop for your Nintendo Switch. But of course, again, for those that are brand new to the show, whether you're watching with me live, whether you are watching the VOD later, or whether you might be listening to the podcast that I upload after the show on anchor.fm slash Samuel Adams, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to check out the show, see what I bring to the table. But as for right now, I suppose we will go ahead and jump into the news of the day. Starting off with Microsoft's new Xbox game cloud streaming tech project, which is Project X Cloud. Now, there is a full trailer if you did want to check out the entire rundown via the link, which I have shared down below. But to go ahead and dive into the article by Polygon, Xbox One games are heading up to the cloud and down onto a myriad of other devices starting in 2019. Microsoft on Monday announced Project X Cloud, which it refers to as a global game streaming technology that will allow users to play their console and Windows PC games on mobile devices and more. With Project xCloud, Microsoft aims to provide a similar play experience on mobile devices as they get on the Xbox One systems and PCs. The biggest hurdle, as is typical with game streaming, is minimizing lag. As the company continues to work on that, Microsoft said that it has also come up with a way to translate Xbox controls to mobile, and of course you can check that out in the video which is also in the article which is down below. Quote, we are testing Project xCloud today, the company wrote in a blog post. The test runs on devices, mobile phones, and tablets, paired with an Xbox wireless controller through Bluetooth, and it is also playable using touch input. The immersive nature of console and PC games often requires controls that are mapped to multiple keys, buttons, sticks, and triggers. While we are developing a new game-specific touch input overlay that provides maximum response and a minimal footprint for players who choose to play without a controller. Currently, Project xCloud supports 4G and 5G cellular networks and uses Microsoft Azure, the company's cloud computing service, as part of the stabilization process. Project X Cloud will enter public beta in 2019 with no specific release date timing announced. The service sounds much like Google's streaming platform Project Stream, which the company revealed last week and is launching in beta in October. And of course, that is something we covered on Caffeinate last week, as the article did say, uh, where pretty much you can play for the first example, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, in your Chrome browser. Very impressive stuff, if I do say so myself. But Microsoft beat Google to the punch, however. Project X Cloud was first revealed during E3 2018, although that presentation was much lighter on the details. Phil Spencer, the executive vice president of gaming at Microsoft, also talked up the console as service in a 2017 interview. And of course, you can check out the intro for how everything works if you did want to do that down below. 
Uh, but overall, pretty much this is the future when it comes to mobile gaming, if I do say so myself. Of course, when it comes to my personal taste, and if this is just an opinion of mine, I'm never going to be using this, quite frankly, because I don't really play games outside of my PC setup or my gaming console setup. It's just simply not something that I do. However, for those that do tend to play on the go, for those that do want to enjoy full AAA games whenever they're taking the train to work or whenever they are sitting idle at work, because everybody just sits idle at work, don't you know no one does anything? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but if you did want to check out a game that is more so, uh, you know, power heavy on the go, you could totally do that with this new service. And I'm glad to hear that it finally has a little bit more of a concrete detail behind it. Uh, because, of course, E3 2018 was the big reveal, but nothing was really shown off outside of the fact that it was something that was happening. And the sheer concept really did blow people away. So this could be a really interesting kind of project if you combine it with something like Game Pass, where you do have this subscription-based service where you get a plethora of games and then you can stream all of those games directly to any mobile device anywhere that would be absolutely amazing so if you have the connection for this which many people may or may not uh, you could totally check this out for yourself whenever it does launch maybe sometime in 2019 uh, no definitive release date has been announced but if they are talking it up already I would say that more than likely you are going to be checking this out sometime within the next year or so again if I had to guess uh, however, I think streaming is going to be a big part of the future, especially when it comes to these kind of uh, streaming services, if you will, the stuff that you're seeing from these Netflix, Netflix, excuse me, esque kind of services like Game Pass, like PlayStation Now, uh, and I would like to see more of these come down the pipe. But again, we'll have to see what the future does hold. Uh, however, as of right now, the infrastructure that they are laying down, the foundation, uh, does definitely kind of uh, lend itself to a favorable kind of outcome for this kind of project. So we'll see what happens. And that, my friends, is where we are right now with the Project X Cloud from Microsoft. Before we move on to the next story, to Alan in the chat, Microsoft, you say? Absolutely. An afternoon to you as well. Welcome to the show. And if you do want to watch live, for those that are listening later or watching the VOD, then this is a, of course, show that is hosted every single night live on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media. If you did want to check it out, like this young gentleman has already, because he is on top of his game. Moving on to the next story of the day, Telltale's The Walking Dead, the final season, will be completed by Skybound Games. And so we have somewhat of another entry into the saga of The Walking Dead, or yes, The Walking Dead? Yes, uh, sorry, had a brain fart there. Been a long day, been up since 4 a.m. But we have another entry into the saga of not only The Walking Dead, the final season, but on top of that, what is happening with Telltale Games, because it has been quite the shaboggle, if you will. Yes, I totally just came up with that word. It's perfectly fine. You know what I mean. Uh, but going into the story, Telltale Games has landed a deal with another developer to finish the remaining Walking Dead the final season episodes. Telltale recently promised that it's looking to make a deal with a studio that'll see the rest of the Walking Dead the final season episodes completed and the rehiring of some of the laid-off staff in the process. At New York Comic Con over the weekend, the Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman revealed that his Skybound Game Studio is the developer that will be continuing Telltale's work. Kirkman officially announced the news at the Walking Dead panel on Saturday. Quote, we've successfully negotiated with Telltale Games for our company Skybound to come in and see Season 4 of the Telltale Game to completion, said Kirkman, as reported by IGN. In a follow-up statement to IGN, Skybound said it has taken ownership of the final season and will see it to its conclusion. We are so happy to announce that we've reached a deal with Telltale Games that will allow Skybound to continue The Walking Dead the final season. Let's wrap up Clem's story ride. More details to come soon, Skybound Games wrote via Twitter. Though it's light on details, Skybound Games' statement does mention that members of the original team will be involved in the development process. And we are currently ironing out some of 
of the details as this is a pretty major deal. So we'll have more info on the who, what, where, when, and how very soon as those details are finalized. And we appreciate your patience during this process. It continued. This may just be the final chapter to the sad story of Telltale's laying off of the majority of its staff, but it won't change the fact that many were let go without severance. And so... That's pretty much what you've got right here. Now, when it comes to what Skybound Games has done previously, uh, of what I understand, not too many games. It's not one of those big, you know, well-known studios at the moment, uh, but this has definitely put it more onto the map. I believe at the time of me checking uh, out their actual Twitter profile, because quite frankly, I had never heard of this studio before. It had around 2,000 followers, a little bit over 2,000 followers, and so it's not a prominent studio. It's not one that is definitively popular within the gaming community, but it is one that is going to be pretty notable from here on out uh, because they have gotten involved in this and of course I'm always down for seeing a game to completion especially one that has been kind of given the shaft uh, as you have seen here with the final season of The Walking Dead However, I can't help but wonder, as this article did say, if the people are getting their severance after they were laid off in a very unjust kind of way. Because quite frankly, as I said last week and as I will continue to say until this story is over, the people always come first. It's not necessarily about the games whenever it comes down to what is first. It's not necessarily about the money of, you know, selling the games that comes first. It's about the people behind the scenes that work tirelessly and pour their hearts and souls into creating an incredible experience for you and I to enjoy. That's really what matters to me me. And it's what matters to a ton of other people as well. So I hope uh, that the guys that were over there at Telltale do get what they deserve and that this game does come to a definitive conclusion before, you know, things begin to fall apart even more. And the question that I have in the back of my mind is, will they actually buy this, the people? Will people go out and buy the final season of The Walking Dead? Will people go back and play the previous Telltale games? What is going to be the final outcome of this whenever we are looking back in a kind of retrospective way? What is going to be the defining turning point and what is going to be remembered here? Uh, just a couple of things on my mind. We'll see what happens with this. But it's very interesting to see that The Walking Dead, the final season, is going to be completed by yet another studio uh, that apparently has struck a deal with Telltale Games. Will they take money? Will they take a cut? Will they hire everybody else back onto their team and then they'll continue making these narrative-based story-driven games? We'll see what happens. Again, so many options here as to how this could turn out, but I'm excited to see what actually does come of all of this, and hopefully this will at least get some of those people back on their feet after they have lost their jobs over there at Telltale. Uh, so in the chat, we have a comment. I'd buy the final season, but probably not anytime soon. There you go. That's the issue. That's why Telltale is gone. And I'm not pointing a finger at you, my friend. I'm pointing a finger right back at me. Because I say these games are great, but I'm one of those people that says they're great and then watches them on Twitch and never even buys them. Again, I'm part of the problem. So... Anyways, moving on to the next story of the day, which fills my heart with absolute joy and hope and admiration. Guerrilla Studios, the guys behind Horizon Zero Dawn, has recruited Rainbow Six Siege multiplayer devs for an unannounced game. It's a secret game as of right now. Guerrilla Games has been acquiring talent from Ubisoft's Tom Clancy Rainbow Six Siege team. An eagle-eyed member of the Reset Era via Push Square noticed the Horizon Zero Dawn developer had recently taken on a couple of six alumni, including game director Simon LaRoche, who joined Guerrilla nine months ago for a game described only as Secret Game is Secret. This is LaRoche's second stint at Guerrilla, having previously worked on Killzone 2 before leaving the studio to join Ubisoft in 2009, right around the launch of Killzone 2. Kind of strange there. But Chris Lee, who had been an online and multiplayer designer for Six, has only this month taken up the position of principal game designer on, yep, you guessed it, an unannounced Guerrilla game. So far... 
So what, right? Developers move around all the time, but given Lee and LaRoche's specific experience in crafting multiplayer design, it's possible Sony's next big platform exclusive, regardless of whether it's a new Killzone game or a Horizon Zero Dawn sequel, with, as one commenter hoped, Battle Royale as Mecha Dinos, could offer a Rainbow Six Siege-esque multiplayer experience. And so... This could be pretty interesting because I love Killzone. I don't know if you guys have ever played Killzone or watched Killzone, uh, but specifically going back to what happened with Killzone Shadowfall, that multiplayer was some of the best multiplayer, in my opinion, that the entire PlayStation 4 lineup has to offer. Of course, it's very dead now because it was a launch game and now it's 2018, so five years will definitely put a number on your player base because there are so many other games that are coming out. But when it comes down to it, quite frankly, the game was fantastic, the gameplay was smooth, and it was absolutely stunning when it comes to lighting, when it comes to graphics, when it comes to visual fidelity, uh, other things that mean good-looking game, it was, quite frankly, just a joy to play, both single-player and multiplayer. So, to be able to have that back again uh, would be something that I would definitely not be opposed to. Now, the question here is, why are they recruiting the guy from Rainbow Six Siege, or the guys from Rainbow Six Siege? Are they trying to switch up the multiplayer and change it to where it's not necessarily your arcade-based kind of shooter, but more so a tactical experience like you are going to be getting uh, from your Rainbow Six Six Siege. That's what I would like to know, and that's what I hope to find out. Uh, maybe at the next E3, I would love to see something about that. Of course, if the next Killzone is going to be launching anytime soon, I would say it's probably going to be coming out on the PlayStation 5. Uh, to say that these guys are working on a Battle Royale version for Horizon Zero Dawn, I highly doubt that. And to say that they're even working on the Horizon Zero Dawn sequel, I would say probably not. Uh, as I heard on a podcast a couple of months back, I think it was uh, maybe one that had Colin Moriarty on it, somebody maybe kind of funny, uh, something along those lines. It could have even been... Um, the, the IGN podcast, one of those, they said that her, uh, the, team over there behind the scenes over at Gorilla is so large that they could very easily split into two different teams and work on two totally different projects. Uh, so I could definitely see kind of a narrative-driven exploration of the Horizon universe coming up, but I could also see simultaneously a shooter being worked on, and so that way, Gorilla doesn't necessarily totally lose itself in the popularity of Horizon Zero Dawn, and you can still keep those roots as the Killzone developers, because quite frankly, they do very well at it. Uh, I would love to also see a sequel to kills a mercenary on the PlayStation Vita. No. No, it's not going to happen, but I would love to see it because it was absolutely a, a pleasure to play. That was some of the best multiplayer I've played in years. I mean, I played a lot of it to the point that I think I had Carpal Tunnel. It was really, really good. So again, we'll see what happens with this, uh, but really interesting to always kind of follow where the developers go and what they're working on because that's how you can figure out what the big trends are going to be over the course of the next few years, and I would love to see some kind of Killzone multiplayer because, man, did it feel tight. And that is a weird way to say that. Slightly sexual, but it is actually very appropriate for this specific circumstance because I am in love with Killzone. However, another game that I fell in love with and then out of love with over the summer, Fortnite developer Epic Games buys anti-cheat firm Camus. The Finnish company had worked on Fortnite prior to the acquisition. Fortnite creator Epic Games has purchased Camus, a security firm based in Helsinki, whose anti-cheat provides players with a holistic anti-cheat service. According to its company website, Camus serves over 100 million PC players around the world and has worked with Epic on Fortnite for the past several months. As Andy reported last week over there at PC Gamer, scammers are targeting Fortnite cheaters with 
with data-stealing malware. Thus, the acquisition highlights Epic's commitment to catching rule-breaking players. According to GamesIndustry.biz, Epic's Tim Sweeney strives to make Fortnite fair for all players while admitting building and launching games today is incredibly challenging and only half the battle. To this end, he says, Camus' tools for managing live games helps developers grow and sustain their games successfully after launch. Camus CEO Simon Allies says, Joining the Epic family is not only a childhood dream come true, but a huge boost for our mission to help the developers create beautiful gaming experiences. Battling cheating in games was just the start today. Our products also help developers stay competitive by identifying player needs as quickly as they emerge. And of course, you can check out more on their official website if you did want to learn more about Camus. Uh, but overall, when it comes down to it, I think this is a, uh, quite frankly, wise business decision because they've been doing very well when it comes to anti-cheat in Fortnite. And that's one thing that I've always admired about the game. You will run into a cheater every now and again. If you play the game enough, you are always going to run into some kind of hacker, regardless of what kind of game it is. However, considering, number one, the amount of action Epic has taken whenever they do find a cheater who is using some kind of hack, uh, that has definitely scared off a lot of the people from even trying to use any kind of, of software to improve their own performance because they sue you out the ass and you have no option but to pretty much cave and pay whatever they're asking or just stop playing the game entirely, something along those lines. Uh, but on top of that, you've also been able to see that the anti-cheat software is actively working. As compared to PUBG, there are many less cheaters in Fortnite, and that's something that's very impressive considering its incredibly large player base. I believe in August it had 73 million players, something along those lines, might have been September. Uh, but one of those months had a ton of players, more than a ton of other games, obviously combined. And so, considering the small amount of players that are cheating in the game, I mean, you can't help but admire this company and go ahead and try and acquire it if you are in the position of Epic Games. Because what you don't understand is that the guys over there behind the scenes at Epic Games are not necessarily focusing all of their effort on what is happening with Fortnite right now, there are more than likely other projects that are at least in the conceptual stages of development because Fortnite is not going to last forever. You know, it could become the next Minecraft, and that's where I and many other people think that it is going to be going. Uh, but when it comes down to it, the game is not going to last forever, and it will sustain Epic Games for the foreseeable future. But if you do want to continue kind of scratching that that creative itch to dig deep and try and really find a new kind of game, a new idea to tap into, and really that could be the next big Fortnite thing, uh, that is what you really want to do. And so to be able to have this anti-cheat uh, company on your side throughout everything without having to haggle and without having to worry about this, working on other projects. It's just a really awesome way to make sure that everything goes well in the future, and it's a good move overall. So congratulations to the guys, as always, over at Epic Games for having such an incredible idea and being able to, you know, blow everyone's minds week after week, because I have never seen anything quite like Fortnite. It's still incredibly popular every, t every time I get on Twitch. Every time. Every time somebody's playing that game. Oh my goodness, it is absolutely insane. But when it comes down to it again, they are doing some good work over there. And speaking of people that play the game on Twitch and many other websites, Epic is set to launch a Support a Creator Fortnite initiative. Creators will receive 5 bucks for every 10,000 in-game currency spent by individual players until the end of the year. Interesting kind of setup here. Epic Games is offering financial support to select Fortnite YouTube and Twitch streamers through a limited time support a creator event. From the next Fortnite update until December 31st, Fortnite players will be able to support their favorite creators by spending V-Bucks, the in-game currency. When a creator has been selected, they will receive some financial benefit from all of the V-Bucks that players spend within 14 days when a new creator can be selected. Selected creators will receive 5 bucks for every 10,000 V-Bucks spent. At the time of writing, 10,000 V-Bucks could be purchased for $100 
$1,000 on the Microsoft Store, and both purchased and earned V-Bucks will contribute to the financial reward. Epic is currently inviting applications from communities large and small to make Fortnite content to sign up for the promotion. Among the minimum requirements for applicants are that the creator must have created some Fortnite content within the last 30 days and must have at least 1,000 followers on a single major social platform. Your boy can be a Fortnite creator. Let's go, baby. While this is a limited promotion for Fortnite, Epic's system is similar to the one employed by Twitch, which allows viewers to purchase a soft currency called Bits and use them to cheer their favorite streamers, with the streamer receiving a financial reward as a result. I wouldn't say that's like that at all, to be quite honest with you. I would say this is like sharing the overall profit. Uh, because, quite frankly, when it comes down to it, if somebody spends $100 and they buy skins or whatever, and they happen to have selected a creator, then that person gets 5 bucks. So that's pretty much the overall thing you got going on here. So, if you did want to you know, support yourself, you can sign up for this if you are a creator. And also, if you like watching somebody stream or maybe make YouTube videos surrounding Fortnite, you, my friend, could definitely check out the Support a Creator option here if you did want to do that. Of course, I feel very compelled to say congratulations to Ninja. You can buy a yacht after this is all over because whenever all these kids go ahead and sign up with your name, boy, you're going to be freaking rolling in it, my dude. Congratulations on your side. But in all seriousness, uh, this is a great way for Fortnite creators to go ahead and make some extra bucks if they did have the community for it. And I will say uh, it is doing fairly well, uh, of course, when it comes down to being able to work with creators and to be able to go ahead and, you know, share the love a bit. The guys behind the scenes at Fortnite are doing a fantastic job with that so I can't really complain that much but we'll see what happens with this again the requirements are relatively low a thousand followers on a single major social platform so that could be anything from Twitter to Instagram I would assume Uh, I'm sure that there are more details as to what that does entail Uh, But as for right now, interesting to see them kind of trying this idea, at least until the end of the year. So we'll see how it goes, and I'll report back whenever there are inevitably some kind of figures released on how this all went. Uh, But at the moment, it should be something to keep an eye on, especially if you are a creator. And as Wicked Good Everything says in the chat, contributing to creators is never a bad thing, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Because, I mean, when it comes down to it, not to go off on a, on a wild tangent here, uh, but there are a lot of people that are like me, where this is not something I do full-time, clearly. Uh, this is not something that I am able to make into my full-time job anytime in the future, as far as I can tell. It's just going to be one of those things where I continue pouring passion and time into it, because, quite frankly, I love it. And so if you did want to support that financially, that's all well and good. For me... I'm always going to be here regardless of what happens. So, you know, you can look forward to that. I'm not saying I'm going to turn down your cat. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but moving on to the next story of the day. Sony's backwards compatibility patent may not actually be for the PlayStation 5. God, I hope it is. A recent patent publication by Sony has gotten people talking about the possibility of backwards compatibility support for the next PlayStation. PlayStation 5, or whatever Sony's next home console is going to be called, is well away from being in our homes. There is no denying that Sony is currently working on the next PlayStation, however, which is what makes this patent registration interesting, at least initially. Dug up by GearNuke, Sony's patent for, uh, is for a technology it calls remastering by emulation. The description goes into much greater detail, of course, but it essentially boils down to a process capable of replacing remastered audio and visuals on the fly. This is really neat. By assigning a unique identifier to game assets, the system is able to replace the old with remastered automatically or continue using existing assets should better versions not exist. Quote, an artist remasters the textures for presentation on a higher resolution display than envisioned in the original software and stores them back in the data structure with their identifiers, explains the document. The original software is then played on the higher resolution display with assets such as textures called being or calls being intercepted, identified, and the data structure entered to receive the re- 
remastered asset having a matching identifier. So essentially, to kind of break that down in layman's terms, you have, uh, let's say, a brick wall in Resident Evil, if you will. And so obviously, if you plug it into your PlayStation 1 and you play it on a high-definition TV, it's not going to look that great as compared to the you know CRT that you had back in the 1990s. Uh, but whenever you do go ahead and replace those textures with something that's a little bit better and then you play it on an HDTV via a PlayStation 4 or even a PlayStation 5 emulation, makes things look really, really good. On top of that, audio is also a uh, another option as well. But yes, it's pretty much an auto remaster for older games and something that could definitely be a big game changer when it comes to backwards compatibility for very, very old games, but also potentially going from the PlayStation 4 to the PlayStation 5. So going on, it sounds a lot like system level emulation, excuse me, which is where the PlayStation 5 speculation began. Though the patent was only published in May, Sony filed for it all the way back in November of 2016. In other words, Sony has been working on this tech for years, well back before work began on the PlayStation 5. In effect, the patent's pages essentially describe what PS4 does today for PS1 and PS2 remasters. Called PS2 classics, games like Destroy All Humans and the Jack and Daxter Collection can be played on PS4 today, and they look better than their original releases. That's not to say the same technology can't be utilized to make PS4 games playable on the next inevitable PlayStation, but this likely wasn't the goal of this patent. Assuming PS5 is also based on the PC-like x86 platform, emulation could prove way easier than ever. We can't say for sure, however, until the console is announced and released. So overall, it's looking like the next generation is going to be backwards compatible. I think we can all kind of assume that's going to be because there have been many, many threats and many, many people that are upset about the fact that there is not backwards compatibility natively on the PlayStation 4 or even the late versions of the PlayStation 3, for that matter. Uh, But overall, really cool way to do this. I think that this is definitely a forward-thinking kind of idea and something that I could definitely see taking off and being a big, big draw for a lot of people to buy the next console if this isn't a feature that's introduced on the PlayStation 4, which I highly doubt that it would be. Whenever you have something that is this appealing to a mass audience, it's so wise to save this for later on. It just simply makes sense. That's just my two cents on the entire thing, but I'm just saying. So we'll see what this calls... or. We'll see what this happens, or how it turns out. Whatever you want to say. We'll see what happens whenever the time does come. But this should be out sometime around 2020, 2021. And of course, if you did want to buy one of these beautiful dog t-shirts that they're advertising on VG247, absolutely beautiful. You have a bloodhound, uh, what appears to be a Dotson, and then you have a lizard, which has its tongue flicking out and licking the nipple of a, of a t-shirt. I would probably wear the lizard one, to be quite honest with you. But... Speaking of the PlayStation ecosystem, Spider-Man has one of the highest platinum trophy completion rates for a major PlayStation 4 game. Spider-Man is one of the year's most popular games, having sold faster than any one Sony title to date. A game this wide-reaching usually has a ton of players who pick the game up casually, then put it down after completing the main story if they get that far. But... As it turns out, the game seems to have its hooks or web or whatever into players pretty thoroughly. User CertainFree, I believe is how you say that, on Message Board Reset Era has pointed that Spider-Man is currently sitting at a 10% platinum trophy rate, which means that one out of every 10 players has gotten every trophy in the game. That might sound low, but digging through my personal trophy history and looking for similar completion rates for PlayStation 4 exclusives, it's in the lead by a long shot. Here are the platinum trophy rates for some other recent or not-so-recent major PS4 games. So to start off, we have Horizon Zero Dawn with 6.1% getting the Platinum, Infamous Second Son at 5.8, Bloodborne at 5.6, God of War at 5.5, Gravity Rush at 5.0, Yakuza 6, The Song of Life at 3.3, Until Dawn at 2.9, Persona 5 at 2.4, and I'll skip down to Uncharted 4, A Thief's End at 0.8%. 
of people getting that. Of course, there are a ton of collectibles, a ton of icons, things you can go around and get whenever it comes to Uncharted 4. So that's not really that big of a surprise. But The Last Guardian is 0.4% of a 100% completion rate. 0.4% of players have gotten the Platinum Trophy in The Last Guardian. That is absolutely nuts. So, of course, there are games with much more common Platinum rates. Undertale, for example, sits at 21.4%. Another one that I want to throw in there is the PlayStation Vita game, which is a masterpiece by the name of Taco Master. I hold the Platinum for that, and I believe it was sitting at somewhere around probably the 40s or 50s. But for games of the size and scope of a game like Spider-Man, 10% is fairly impressive. Of course, a few factors give Spider-Man a slight edge. For one, it's a pretty easy Platinum to get. Most users on trophy-centric fansite PlayStation trophies rate the game between a 2 and a 3 out of 10 in terms of Platinum difficulty, and that's about where I would put it if my word goes for anything. It mostly involves circling around the city during and after completing the main story, clearing out the map of any icons, most of which involve pretty quick activities, then hitting a couple of secret spots for some hidden trophies. It can take some time, but it uh, follows and flows, I would say, along well with what most players are likely to do anyway, whereas many Platinum Trophies tend to facilitate the use of Guide to tell players how to optimize their playthrough, often playing in slightly unnatural ways and over multiple playthroughs to get the trophy. Still, it's fairly impressive that this many players have stuck the game out to full completion. Now, Wicked Good Everything in the chat says, and I'm also trying to get that 100% currently, so that's very interesting. I think it's just the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe video game universe. And so to address the first question and statement, uh, yes... I love this game, and I think that 100%ing the game is probably the best use of your time as of the current moment, because I platinum the game, I loved the game, Spider-Man is at the moment my game of the year, uh, very closely in line with God of War, two fantastic games, unfortunately PlayStation 4 exclusives, but it is what it is. Uh, now when it comes to the question of whether or not this is going to be uh, one of the first Marvel Cinematic Universe video games, absolutely, uh, they're going to be throwing so much stuff at the wall to see what sticks, it's going to be insane. I don't want to see a, an overabundance of these games. I don't think we need every superhero to have their own AAA game. Uh, because I think what makes Spider-Man special when it comes to this Insomniac release is the fact that it has been in development for a very long time. There was no movie to go along with it. There's no reason for this game to be out other than the fact that it is an amazing game. So that's kind of what bothers me about the entire thing is that I don't need to have a ton of these unless you do them well. For instance, I want to see a good Hulk game because we've only had one good Hulk game and I believe it was called... Uh, uh, oh, God, um, Total Destruction? Something along those lines. Hold on, uh, Incredible Hulk video game. Uh, what is it called? What's it called? What's it called? Hold on, I gotta figure it out. It was called uh, Ultimate Destruction. The Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Uh, I would love to see that game, not necessarily remastered, but I would like to see that sort of idea uh, brought to life because they did an amazing job with that. So many hours of my childhood spent on that. Uh, but overall, again, in the chat, we do have an Iron Man game potentially being an option as well. But Spider-Man works so well because you do just swing around the city fighting crime. Iron Man doesn't necessarily go around the city fighting crime. The Hulk doesn't necessarily go around the city fighting crime. Batman does it well because that's kind of the whole thing. They are vigilantes. Spider-Man does it well because he is kind of a vigilante hero. But there are so many that just simply don't do that. Uh, that's just one of those things where you have to figure it out. A Fantastic Four video game, perhaps? A full-on Avengers game? That would be pretty cool. Uh, it just depends on how they end up going with this. But overall, Spider-Man has done very well and it totally deserves everybody's attention and definitely uh, everybody should get the platinum. It's incredible easy if I'm being honest with you uh, so so easy if it's just so simple I, pl I played it for a week and got the platinum if I can do it you can't trust me on that one 
But moving on to the final story of the day, Guacamelee 2 comes to the Switch this December with the Super Turbo Championship Edition available now, toast not included. You knew it wouldn't stay exclusive to one console forever. After successfully launching this summer on the PlayStation 4 and PC, Drinkbox Studios has announced the acclaimed Metroidvania Guacamelee 2 is coming to the Nintendo Switch this December. If that wasn't enough Lucha Libre news for you already, the developer has also announced Guacamelee Super Turbo Championship Edition available starting today for the Nintendo Switch in North America and Europe. And of course, it does start at $14.99, but plans are being made to give anybody who purchases it a 30% discount on Guacamelee 2 when it launches this winter. So, my friends, there you have it. Of course, Guacamelee 2, one of the most interesting platformers that has been in that kind of indie spotlight over the course of the past few years. Totally worth your time if you did want to dive in and check it out. A really interesting game coming from Drinkbox. Of course, kind of in the same art style as their other game, Severed, which was also released on the Switch back uh, earlier in its life cycle, uh, but also on the PlayStation Vita, and I believe it came out in another format, uh, but I could be wrong about that. However, when it comes down to Guacamelee, totally worth your time, and again, good to see it come to the Switch. If you were looking for a fun little interesting platformer to dig your teeth into before we get assaulted with a ton of releases over the course of the next few months because boy they are certainly coming down the pipe but that wraps it up for today's episode of Caffeinated. I hope you guys I hope you guys have enjoyed today's show my bad sometimes you got to rewind the tape to go ahead and make it right again. You know what I'm saying? Be kind, rewind. Uh, but again, for those that might be new to the show, I appreciate you taking the time to check out this show. For those that are returning, I appreciate you guys watching, listening, whatever you might be doing. And for those that are hanging out in the chat, I always love having people here to talk games news with because that just makes it all the more enjoyable. But I appreciate you guys being here. I will be back tomorrow for another episode of Cabinet to keep you guys informed as to what is going on around the gaming industry that we all love so much. But I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of the night. Thank you for the conversation and enjoy the rest of your games, whatever you might be playing, because they're totally worth your time. Specifically Spider-Man.